Hey y'all, welcome to Seducated, the podcast fusing business, lifestyle, and marketing, giving you real perspective and inspiration to help feed your entrepreneurial soul. Our podcast is dedicated to helping you succeed in your business through empowerment and growth. We will publish a new podcast twice a month produced by SEG Media Collective and recorded right in the fellow co-working space in the Little Apple of Manhattan, Kansas. And I'm your educated host, Sheila Ellis Glasper and the owner of SEG Media Collective. Let's get started. Before we jump into the show, we're going to start out with our educated moment. And now for your educated moment, we'll be giving you tips and tricks on what's working in social media and what's not to help empower you and your business. And now for today's tip. All right. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about Instagram stories, Facebook stories. You've all probably noticed that um, those are becoming increasingly popular. So we are going to kind of talk about how can we, you know, improve our social media stories to increase our engagement and really reach our audience. So many of you guys know about the social media graphic tool, Canva. Um, But what you may not know is that Canva actually has a mobile app. And the cool thing about the mobile app is a newer feature are Snapchat, geo filters, and also story filters. And the cool thing about the story filters is it allows you to actually customize your story graphics so that when you're pulling your graphics in to create a story, it looks more professional, more branded. Um, you can really get the look that you want by changing the background, um, using the elements that Canva has, um, changing the font, making it your brand colors, and and so on. And so that really helps to make your story stand out. Yeah, and it's so neat that you you know have this easy to use tool accessible on your phone. So how can we kind of use that to tailor the graphic and make it the perfect size for our Facebook and Instagram stories? So it's super easy to use. So basically you just uh, download the Canva app and then it will allow you to log in using your credentials that you use on the desktop. And then on your top menu, you will see some different options here. Um, And uh, the fourth and fifth option is uh, Snapchat geo filter, but then also your story. And when you click on your story, that's when you'll see um, dozens of templates that you can use for your story. Um, Some of the cool things is you can actually make a template that you would continue to use to kind of give some um, consistency on your stories. And um, you can also, they have several graphic um, quotes, um, story filters, and so those are cool too, or story covers, and so those are cool too to help brand your um, content there. And as we love to do, you know, do some of your content in bulk ahead of time. That way you have them stored on your phone so that when you need to, you know, update your content on your stories um, for Instagram, Snapchat, or Facebook, you'll have them readily available. Yeah, and it's great because there are so many different ways that you can utilize stories. Um, You know, an example being doing maybe some behind the scenes footage of maybe a photo shoot that you're doing for your business or announcing that you're going to go live later in the day, giving your giving your followers additional information that maybe, you know, you don't necessarily want to post on your social media page. So there are various ways you you can ask a poll, you can get feedback on your page that way. So there are just there's so many great ways that you can use stories to really reach your audience even further. 
Yeah, so we hope that tip was helpful for you guys. Um, Definitely download the app Canva Mobile. It will be a lifesaver. And so thanks for listening to our Seducated Moment, and we will hop right into the show. Hi, everyone. This is Hallie Blanchon from SCG Media Collective, and I am the Marketing and PR Account Manager here. And today I am very excited to introduce our very first guest, Sheila Ellis Glasper, the owner of SCG Media Collective. And today we are actually going to be interviewing her as our first guest. You just want to start out by telling us a little bit about how SCG Media Collective started and, you know, how everything began. First of all, I have to say that I'm super duper excited about this podcast. Um, It's been something um, that we've been working on for a few months now, and it's just really awesome to see it all come to fruition with our first episode, which the team kind of suggested or made me be the first guest on the show. Um, And so as far as your question goes, how did SEG Media Collective begin? Um, I started out as a newspaper reporter, and so my career path was as a reporter. Um, I graduated my degree in print journalism from Kansas State University. And then from there, um, I went straight into the uh, world of journalism. I was a newspaper reporter um, for several years, um, got on national television, um, reported on the Nancy Grace Show um, five nights in a row, On um, had national headlines with USA Today, ESPN, and then I ended up getting married and uh, starting a family, and it changed my life um, completely. New in my career with a new baby as a new wife, and um, when that happened, I really saw that my schedule as a newspaper reporter, especially a night crime reporter, was not going to work. I ended up starting an inspirational jewelry business where I um, handcrafted all the jewelry and I started freelancing from home. And during that time, I spent um, two years building that business up to where we had thousands of social media followers. Um, We also had uh, celebrity endorsements. Uh, One of the celebrity endorsements was with T.I. and Tiny. Um, from the reality, um, hit reality show, um, The Family Hustle. And um, that was amazing because they both have millions of followers. And so anytime you can hook up with a celebrity in that way, um, it really did grow our business. We were shipping the jewelry all over the world. Um, And so from there, we ended up, um, I ended up kind of figuring out I had a a thing for marketing. And so... um, I learned firsthand in the trenches of being a small business owner, trying to balance um, all the different roles that you have to do in in small business. From all that, I learned a ton, and um, I started um, looking into PR and marketing jobs because I wanted to get back into the job force, Um, and my son was getting older, and I wanted him to be around other kids um, in preschool. And so at that point, I ended up getting a job at K-State to build the university's um, social media strategy. Um, While I was there, I was there for three years. While I was there, um, K-State's Instagram account was voted the top Instagram account for the state of Kansas um, through Business Insider magazine. Uh, We ranked in the top 25 universities on social media. And we did a lot that I was really proud of in some social media and marketing campaigns that are still running to this day. And from there, I really, I really got my niche into social media marketing. And then I ended up getting contacted by the Small Business Development Center through the Chamber of Commerce here in Manhattan. 
And they asked me to be a consultant to help small businesses in the area that needed help with um, social media strategy. And then that's when I fell in love with helping small businesses get their word out um, for people to know their brand and for them to grow their businesses through the power of social media. And that's kind of where um, the consulting business even started. I started as just an individual consultant, and then we've grown with adding on new clients um, to the point where now we have a small team and are doing um, all of the marketing functions that a business would need. You were mentioning earlier that you, you know, worked at K-State as a social media specialist. You eventually left that job to pursue your business full-time. So what was kind of the, the moment, I guess, that you knew, you know, it was time to leave that job and kind of take that leap, that leap of faith to pursue your own business full-time? So I think when you have the entrepreneurial bug, um, it's, you have it all the time. Even when you're an employee somewhere, you always know that there's um, something inside of you that says that, you know, you want to do more um, and that you do want to go into business ownership and um, jump into the entrepreneurship world. I had previously owned um the Precious Heart Designs, the handcrafted jewelry business um, before I was working at K-State. And so I had already had been a business owner and I had still maintained my business ownership while I was working at the university. And so, um, and then taking the consulting job with the uh, Small Business Development Center on top of my job there, I was already kind of juggling three things already. And so what ended up happening was um, people were starting to talk about the work that I was doing um, for them locally, and then more clients were coming through the um, consulting part-time gig. Um, and then from there, I actually received a message on LinkedIn from a recruiter from a company um, that's headquartered in Topeka that's a, a fairly large company. They have over 46 locations across the United States in 10 different states, they reached out to me on LinkedIn, and hence the power of social media there. Um, on LinkedIn, I clearly had that I was currently employed um, at K-State, and the recruiter reached out and said, hey, we have a digital media position open, and we'd like for you to apply. And so I knew that at that point, I was kind of already um, hunting for maybe some other opportunities, but more so outside of the Manhattan area. I knew I needed some kind of change. Um, and so... I went ahead and applied for the job, um, and when I applied for it, they and I went in for my interview. They called me right away and offered the job um, before I could even get drive back to Manhattan. Um, and so it was it was flattering to you know for a company to want to hire you that quickly. Um, and then I told him I, something told me well well let me talk it over with my husband, which my husband is actually um, he is part owner in the um, SEG Media Collective. Um, business. And so he has been very instrumental in kind of helping me make um, some strategic business decisions. And so anyways, he, <laughs> I talked to my husband about it and he said, well, now why would you go and work for somebody else when you know that you want to do your own thing? You know, you're going to be leaving one job and going to another job. You're not going to find that happiness and balance that you're looking for if you, um, you're not going to find what you're looking for if you just go to another job again. Um, no matter how great the company is, you know that you have that entrepreneurial bug in you and you, it's just, it, you can't keep suppressing it. 
And so he said, what do you think about counter-offering with a contract, an independent contract? And I thought, you're crazy. <laughs> this is not, not going to work. Like, I, like, how can I offer counter-offer with an independent contract when I applied for the job? And he said, well, you already have a job. The best time for you to um, kind of do this is now. Like, the ball's in your court. And if they say no, then if they still want you to work there, then you kind of have a decision to make. Um, but if they say yes then that's going to change your whole life. And so um, I am, you know, uh, really strong in my faith. And so it took me getting down on my hands and knees and face and praying about this because it took a lot of courage and boldness for me to then counter offer with an independent contract. But I did. And they accepted. And when they did accept, it was it was crazy because it allowed me the freedom to be able to move from that job without just, I mean, when you have a family and you're trying to support your family and you know what your income is going to be to just totally leave a job and then try to start a business and you don't know what your income is going to be, it's very hard. Um, and I already went through that before with, with Precious Hearts and um, we didn't want to go through that again. Um, that contract uh, was a 12-month contract and it allowed me to make that transition really smoothly. Also, what what would you maybe say, what kind of advice would you have for, um, you know, somebody who's currently in um, a job and maybe is thinking about leaving their position full-time to pursue this business? You know, what kind of advice um, would, you, would you tell them that maybe you wish you had when you were in that position? So it's funny, um, kind of right before all of this happened where the um, recruiter found me on LinkedIn and kind of reached out and then everything had kind of been a whirlwind after that with, I, I jumped right into starting the business um, from then. At some, t at some point in time, you have to just make the jump uh, or the leap of faith as a business owner. Um, everything is not going to be perfect in the beginning. It's going to take a lot of um, blood, sweat, and tears. And that's just... Um, to be real, people don't get into business to have an easy life. <laughs> you know, you do it because uh, you have a passion for what you're doing and you believe that whatever you're bringing to the table is going to um, have a positive impact on the world and so um, in your community. And so I would say if somebody is wanting to um, considering entrepreneurship or business ownership, they really need to, um, of course, have a plan, do your research. Um, and there's a lot of research to be done. Utilize your resources, your free resources, um, the small business development centers. Um, every single city has a small business development center and you can get free help there um, with even learning how to form your business. And so really you can start a business. The best time to start a business is when you're employed. Like, you know, some people do start businesses while they're unemployed or underemployed, um, but the best time to start a business is when you're actually um, employed and you have that income coming in. Gary Vee, he is a businessman, entrepreneur. And one thing that he said um, that really sticks with, stuck with me as well, and I agree with like 200%, is he said, if you're not happy in your nine to five job, then what are you doing from like five when you get off of work, basically from 5 p.m. all the way up until, you know, into the night to like 2 a.m. What are you doing during that time? If you don't like what you're doing during the day in your day job, what are you doing at, in your evening, that free time that you have to actually make a change in your life? Or are you going to just keep on complaining about that nine to five that you don't like 
um, and just keep on doing the same thing every day. You have the power to change your situation. And so um, I did that a lot. I stayed up a lot of late nights. I still do now to this day, um, just in growing the business. But I did a lot of um, no sleep, team no sleep, because I was up at night after my children went to sleep to, um, working on my business so that I could get out of, you know, the regular nine to five that I knew that um, was great. It was no, no, definitely I got a lot of experience and it was great, but I knew that there was more. Yeah, I know that's good. Um, that kind of transitions us into our next question. Um, so you left your job and then you, you know, took the leap of faith starting, well, continuing this new business. Um, so what were some obstacles that you initially had to overcome early on in the business that you think maybe, you know, shaped the way that you are now as an entrepreneur? I would say I would say that a lot of the obstacles came early on um, when I first started in business with the jewelry business. I feel like by the time I started the consulting business, I was I had a, a really good understanding. I had already filed like four years of business taxes from Precious Heart Designs. Um, we had made almost a hundred thousand dollars in um, revenue from sales, and so I had already kind of, um, that was my introduction to business. And so I had a lot of obstacles and struggles during that time. You know, it's great when you go into business to have business, but if you're not charge, charging correctly for your products or services, it can really make your business go under. And so a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners deal with this because uh, you want the sales um, and you also don't want to overcharge anybody. And so um, it becomes hard sometimes to come up with um, with the proper pricing to where you will be profitable and be able to scale your business. And so I think that that's an obstacle that a lot of entrepreneurs um, deal with. And it's one that I've dealt with with myself as well with just um, being able to have the confidence to go into a meeting and ask for what I know uh, my business and services are worth and then be able to walk out of that meeting with uh, secure the bag, basically. And so, you know, that that to me is a, um, an obstacle that I kind of had to overcome um, in making sure that I was charging properly for the services because if I don't charge properly for the services, I will be out of business and then I won't be able to help anybody, including myself. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like it takes a lot of confidence and really just knowing your worth and how much more, how much you know, your business and your services are worth. So um, that that's very helpful. On the other hand, um, what so far would you say has been the most rewarding part of your business? You know, we just talked about the obstacles, kind of what you um, have had to overcome, but what would you say maybe is a really rewarding part of what you have done thus far? Some of the most rewarding moments is when my clients succeed, um, when they can see a return on investment, when they, that, um, light bulb um, goes off in their head and they start to see the power of social media and the power of marketing um, and they get it. And that for me is, is very rewarding. Um, also, too, when the clients, like I said, when they see results. So for instance, one of our clients, um, the Brownstone Wedding and Event Venue in Topeka, they are one of our shining examples of what can be done with a proper marketing strategy um, implementation they were able to sell out um, or actually book out every single weekend for two years before they even opened up. And we began working with them um, when they first 
pretty much broke ground on their building and it took them a year for construction and we worked with them that entire year strategically um, on all of from all fronts from social media to PR to creating the logo the website the visuals photography and video and so um, that was a project that I'm super proud of and it was super rewarding um, just to see um, the success that they were able to have and to be a part of that success and then also I would say Another rewarding thing is also just being able to work with others, um, work with you guys as a team, you know, and to be able to see you guys grow um, in your work as well. Hallie started off as an intern, um, and so it was, it's been great to kind of see Hallie work and to be able to work together with people who are talented and um you know, will, I know, go on to do great things um, after SEG Media. And so um, definitely there's a lot of rewarding things about what I do. Um, so I want to talk more about me. I'm Alexis Lacey and I'm an SEG intern. Um, when did you start seeing a profit from your business? Well, I'll say from SEG Media, um, we saw a profit immediately um, because it is a service versus a product. And so a lot of people, um, when they think of business, they just think, you know, business in general. No, there are really, you know, there's a huge difference between a product-based business and a service-based business. And so when you're a service-based business, you're trading time for dollars. And so um, you're always going to get paid. You know, you're always going to make some profit as long as you're charging correctly for your time. When you're dealing with a product, you have to pay for materials and then all it takes to actually create and produce that product. Um, and so for with Precious Heart Designs, um, it was difficult to get a profit going because I didn't have the money up front to invest in the business. And so I really bootstrapped that business by <laughs> even sometimes what I would do is I would make a bracelet with you know certain kind of beads and I'd take a picture of it and I'd put it on my Etsy um, account um, or my Etsy shop and then I would take that bracelet apart and like make a different design and like take more pictures of that and so I could have like some kind of storefront with a couple of different designs to start out with and so I really was very conservative and had like no marketing budget but it was good because this, that's how I learned how to market through social media because I did not have a marketing budget or advertising budget to um, really spend on your traditional types of advertisers. But I'll say for SEG Media, um, we were able to see a profit up front just because I was essentially trading dollars for time. Perfect. And how much money did you have to invest of your own money to this business? Pretty much the upfront investment is stuff that I already had. I already had a laptop. I already had a cell phone. Um, and so from there, it was just a matter of um, investing in little things here and there, um, more so investing in trainings and things like that. I'll say um, when I was employed, um, there was some social media trainings that I wanted to um, my employer to invest in. And at the time, they said that it wasn't in the budget. I knew it would help me do my job better, but I also knew that it would help me just grow in this field of social media marketing. And when my supervisor told me, no, it's not in the budget, I just put it on my credit card and I paid for it myself. Um, and that to me is like an entrepreneur boss move. A lot of people are not going to do spend their own money to invest in themselves. They were waiting for their employer or somebody else to invest. 
And um, for me, I wanted to invest in myself. Um, and so I went ahead and purchased that trading. Now, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was like $300 up front at once, you know. And so most people are looking for their employers to, to pay for that. And I also never took a business loan out. Um, both times I never took a business loan out simply because I felt that I wanted to um, prove the business concept first before I went and sought um, funding. And so I think there, there will come a time in the near future where SMG Media will need funding in order to move to the next level. Um, but right now we're able to keep the cash flow to where we're able to you know, pay for things and um, invest in things that we need to just with the, the cash flow and revenue that's coming into the business. Awesome, what would you say your favorite part is about being your own boss? Um, I would say my favorite part is just having um, the flexibility um, to live my life on my own terms. You spend a lot of time with your um, employer and with your coworkers, and um, a lot of people aren't happy in their jobs. Um, you know, my parents um, worked really hard. Um, my dad went to night school while he worked a um, job with the state and he retired with his job from the state for 30 years. My mom worked at the hospital and so I, I saw my parents every day, um, you know, working really hard. And I knew that I didn't, I knew that when I went to college and when I got into my career, I wanted to be in a career where I was able to um, have the flexibility to be there for my family and then also be happy at work and feel like I was making a difference in what I was doing. My parents thought I was absolutely crazy when I left my job at the university. They looked at it as, this is a job with a guaranteed salary with benefits. I looked at it as, I look at it as an entrepreneur from my perspective, you can get fired from a job any day. I'm not gonna fire myself. For me, the, um, the best part of being your own boss is really just having more control over your lifestyle. But I think I always come back to the fact that I feel so grateful and so blessed to be able to be in a position to own my own business that that just like trumps every challenge or obstacle or situation that I may encounter and it kind of just grounds me and brings me back. Okay. That's a good answer. So what you're saying here is that really the the flexibility that you're afforded by having your own business is just much more beneficial and kind of beats out the cons that you would have from a nine to five, whereas you may have a security of like a maternity leave and a stable paycheck and things like that, but having the flexibility there as, you know, a second mother and to do these things to kind of work your business were really more beneficial than anything. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, and there's even been times where, you know, my kids get sick and then I'm able to work from home still and still manage and balance everything that I need. And it's all about balance. You know, people talk about balance a lot. <laughs> And I don't think that there is like a perfect balance um, because life changes. As soon as you think you've found that balance, then something, you know, life changes. You know, now baby is teething. And so now he's staying up later. And then the time that I was, you know, accounting for that, I'd be able to work during that time. Now it's a shorter amount of time because now he's staying up or waking up more in the evening. But that's not going to be for forever, you know. And so you have to find your balances, you know, life you know, life is a lot of changes. And so with entrepreneurship, you know, especially being a mom um, and a parent, 
you have to have the flexibility and you know if your kid gets sick I can just leave and go pick my kid up I don't have to go to my boss and be like can I please get off early because my kid is throwing up at school or you know or any of that there were days where I would take a sick day and I would take my sick day from work but then I would still work from home because I wanted to make sure that I didn't fall behind in my work and so um, I had already had that type of discipline and so when it crossed over into entrepreneurship and owning my own business I already had that discipline because there's a difference between like having the flexibility and just mm-hmm. being like oh I can do whatever I want but and still you still have to get stuff done yeah you know? so stay on top mm-hmm. of it all right so you've talked about you there's been a lot of growing pains with these businesses that you kind of have to really find your way within them and you've started two successful businesses with Precious Heart Designs and SCG Media Collective what similarities have you seen between your two entrepreneurial experiences and how they kind of helped shape you just to... Um, one of the main issues with Precious Heart Designs was um, pricing. That was a similarity as far as a challenge goes with just setting the pricing. I think with SEG Media, I learned from that and was able to know that I need to set... Um, some pricing guidelines so that I would know this is the amount of hours that it normally takes to do this type of work and this is the amount of money that I need bottom line to pay all the bills that need to be paid within the business and to be able to grow to where we need to grow and pay for things like taxes and things like that. I think a lot of times people look at a business and they're like, oh, that's a seven-figure business. You know, you hear that a lot. A six-figure business, a seven-figure business. Um, Yeah, that's great to have a million dollars in revenue as a business, Mm -hmm. but there are businesses that are making a million dollars a year and they're broke. They're in the red. Um, They owe a lot of money in business loans and other things that they've invested, bad investments in the business, Um, overpaying or underpaying employees. All kind of things happen, you know, on the backside of a business. And if you just look only look at the number amount that they're making, um, you know, that doesn't necessarily show profitability you know, of what they're actually making in the business. And so, um, you know, that is a huge piece was the pricing, Um, especially when you give somebody a price and then they come back to you and they're like, we can't afford that. (laughs) And then it makes you feel bad because that's where the heart part comes in. And it's like, oh, well, you know, you have to be able to know how to dance, you know, and be like, okay, let this is a give and take, you know, this is the amount that we need. And, and then not only that, if you give somebody a deep discount and then you've got somebody else paying a lot more, then it's not fair either. And so uh, there's a lot of business decisions um, that I had to make in Precious Heart Designs um, that kind of transferred over with SEG where I kind of had a better, um, just had more experience with understanding um, pricing and how that all ties in with the financials and profitability. Okay, Okay, so it seemed like you learned a lot, and there's, like you said, there's a big difference between what is SEG, which is a service, and what was Fresh Start Designs, which was a product. So you talked about graduating from K-State, you were a major in journalism, and how PR and marketing was the dark side of journalism, and yet here you are. Uh, you do you want to talk about how your background there in journalism kind of helped you in this industry? Because even though it's it's joked as as a dark side, there are a lot of similarities. Whether it's print, whether it's digital, whether it's PR, advertising, marketing, there are a lot of similarities between all those different things. Do you want to talk about just how your background personally helped you in this industry? 
Yeah, I think, well, now, of course, I'm like totally converted and I call myself a recovering reporter because, <laughs> um, you know, I've always had like wore my heart on my sleeve type of person. And so um, even when I was reporting, I had a lot of hard days where I would go home crying because I had to just interview a mom whose son got shot down, you know, and now I had to go knock on her door and speak to her to tell her, you know, please tell your son's story because this is, you know, this is his, um, his time to tell his story and to get that story out so it's not one-sided, you know. And so I was put in a lot of difficult situations as a reporter even to have to tell those stories and it was hard for me. Um, but I did it and I did it. Um, I was honored to tell those stories um, for those families and a lot of those families I still uh, keep in contact with um, today. And so um, from that perspective, you know, when I was, when I became a journalist, I wanted to become a journalist because I wanted to make a positive change in the world. And so that was always my goal and my mission with that. And so pretty much what kind of helped me with this um, stereotype of <laughs> marketing and PR and advertising was that whatever I do, I want to make a positive impact. And I knew with marketing um, and PR, and doing it in my own business um, and just through trial and error so much, I knew that there was a lot that I would have to offer a small business. Um, and so from that perspective, I, I didn't feel like it was going into the dark side. I felt like I was still using uh, my background and my skills and my knowledge to be able to make a positive um, impact and change. I mean, when you look at business, businesses, I mean, they employ people. You know what I mean? They allow you to have the products and services that your family needs. And I mean, it is, you know, business is, is business. There are bad businesses. There are good businesses, you know, and um, there, there are bad advertisers and marketers who, you know, they, uh, they don't, they're not ethical. You know what I mean? Um, when they're doing certain campaigns and advertising, I mean, you can, you can really see some examples of, um, bad advertising that have caused a lot of problems in our society, you know, with promoting negative body image for women, um, you know, racist imagery that's out there that got out there through advertising and propaganda. And so advertising can be used in a very negative way. And I feel like for our company to be able to be out there with the ethics and values that we have, we can be a light um, and kind of shine on some of those dark areas where we really just want to go in and help those businesses um, succeed and meet their target audience where they are, which is on social media. And so um, through that, I just think that, you know, that that's been the driving force. It's just always wanting to be positive and, and make a positive change. Okay, um, you said something earlier that really, I, I loved it, boss moves. I love that mm -hmm. phrase. Also, as a, what would you say, recovering reporter, those are great phrases. Uh, when you said boss, we talked about investing in yourself, like purchasing training, which was something that, in a sense, you went above and beyond the call of duty for your job and your station when you purchased that training to better help yourself and to help the job you were doing. Do you have any, and without giving away all your secrets, obviously, do you have any tips for people who are starting off out there, like, what do they need to do other than investing in themselves? What do they really need to do that will get them off on the right foot if they want to take that leap of faith like you did? I think one of the things um, that we talked about earlier was just doing your research. 
Um, I spent countless hours of um, time in webinars and reading um, market reports and white papers and books and videos after tutorial videos and all this stuff of just trying to crack the code of figuring out what works on social media and what doesn't. And then also just having the real life experience um, with what I find engaging on social media as just a consumer, but then also through small business with Precious Heart Designs, um, that was really being able to build a tribe of people um, that believe in the product or service that you offer. And so through Precious Hearts, I mean, I had like a whole little community I called them <laughs> Precious Hearts. And um, they kind of followed me on this journey because I was very transparent through the whole time and letting them know that, you know, I was um, just leaving. I'm a recovering reporter, leaving my job and jumping into this entrepreneurship um, that I chose this route so that I would have flexibility for my family. I showed my son growing up um, through pictures on social media, um, you know, and so they really felt connected to me. And so I think that... What was the question just any types of tips you have for people trying okay, to do without, I giving, on a team. <laughs> without <laughs> giving away the secrets, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, you have to do research and you have to invest in yourself, of course. And so research is, is I mean, we have, this is, this is the most, uh, the time where we have in ever in history, we have information at our fingertips. There's so much, I mean, every day people are creating content. Um, you know, free content. And, you know, a lot of times you don't have to pay to get this information that you may need to really change your life. And so I watched tons and tons of YouTube videos, tons and tons, setting up tons and tons of webinars. Like I literally used to sit at my desk and listen to podcasts or webinars that were about like social media marketing and branding. And I listened to hours and hours of that the entire day while I was at work. And I just had my headphones in. I was you know, doing my work, but at the same time, I was still always trying to empower myself and learn more um, about what about the industry because I knew that it not number one, it helped me with my job just so that I could kind of stand out, you know, and know when I go to those meetings and I'm talking to you know the um, my um, clients which at the university when I was talking to. Um, different departments and colleges and program um, leaders across the university um, campus, I was able to speak from uh, knowledge. I knew what I was talking about and they knew that I knew what I was talking about. I could show them, you know, examples and, you know, give them stats and really know exactly what I'm talking about. And so, um, you know, that just made me stand out even as an employee and it ended up having people wanting to request to have trainings and things like that. And so I think, you know, if you're in a job, a dead end job, or even just a job where, you know, eventually you want to do start, you know, start your own thing, definitely research and always continue to invest in yourself like every single day and, you know, and have your plan. Um, I always had, I, one of my goals and one of my plans was by the time I, I was 30 years old, I wanted to run my own business um, and not have to depend on a paycheck from a job um, and do business 100%, you know, be like a for real business owner and make real boss moves. And so like with Precious Heart Designs, you know, my husband, 
he was the one, you know, pretty much paying all the bills and I stayed at home with our son. And so um, I wasn't, I, even though I was making money, I was spending a lot of money in materials and everything that it costs for production um, for those, for those products. And so I wasn't making a ton of money. And so my husband really supported us with that. But I knew the second time around, whatever I did, I wanted it to make sure that it was profitable enough to where I could pay myself. Um, but then also I wanted to make sure as well that it wasn't going to put my family at risk um, financially. And so um, I, made a, I made a promise to myself by the time I was 30, I wanted to be a full-time entrepreneur. And um, when I left my job at the university, I was 28 and a half. And um, so now I'm 30 and I'm doing it. And so that was the goal. But I don't I cannot tell you how many hours of research and um, time that I spent just trying to learn everything that I could can learn and get mentors. Um, of course, mentors were super important for me while I built my career in journalism and even now. Um, in marketing. I always had mentors and, and try to surround myself with people that were doing better than me or doing what I wanted to do so that I could ask them questions and just learn from them. I'm a constant, I feel like I'm constantly a student. I learn from you guys, you know, and so I think, you know, just having your mind be open to constantly learning all the time um, and then setting those goals. You know, if your goal is you're going to be a boss by the time you're 30, whatever, that was my goal. Like I had already dabbled in it with Precious Hearts, but I wanted to do it for real and make it sustainable. And that was the difference with Precious Hearts. It was not sustainable. Um, I'm building SEG Media to be sus sustainable and scalable. And so that, that's the advice I'd give. Well, thank you everyone for listening in on our very first educated episode. Um, please stay tuned as we will be publishing more content um, to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. We will be bringing guests onto the show and giving you guys tips and tricks um, to help you um, grow in your entrepreneurial journey. And so um, until next time.